Hello, everybody, and welcome to Title Belt Developmental. Today is March 1st, Sunday, March 1st. Uh, I am Adam Duke, also known as Adam Ducks, and I'm here along with... I am Matt Martin, a.k.a. Matty Scoops. Matty Scoops, and uh, we're going to be talking about some ice cream. We're going to be talking about some wrestling. We're going to be talking about some some loving. We're going to be talking about some living. And just, uh, you know, everything that's going into crazy ice cream. In our lives. What a month it's been. It's been a month so far, thus far. Uh, wrestling's been crazy. Wrestling's been crazy. Um, <clears throat> taking the next stages uh, in, in taking the next stages in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as an ice cream company with um, legality, that's been crazy. Oh man, yeah, yeah goodness. We're definitely gonna get into that. We'll dig into that. Sure. Uh, PWX has been on fire. I mean, obviously our our local division. It has been fantastic. We've got an awesome pay per view coming up at the uh, beginning or at the end of March. It's going to be really great. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, not, and not you know not not exactly a pay per view, but it's their biggest event of the year, right? You know? Which is going to be great. Yeah, there's a lot of awesome stuff to talk about tonight. We're really excited. Yeah, but first we're going to be talking about some ice cream, as we always do. That's it. The one time we've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're just gonna talk about it like we've done like seventy of these, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, because pretty much we have. We just didn't script them or we didn't uh, uh, record them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, cool. So we're gonna start out uh, some title belt updates. Um, Matt, what, what did we do this month? So this month we were a part of a fantastic event that we told you guys about last time, and it was called Slaw, which is Southern Ladies Arm Wrestling. Fantastic name. Um, <clears throat> this was an evening where we saw. A bunch of amateur female arm wrestlers come together at Free Range Brewing, and basically there and was. When you say amateur, it's like literally like people <clears throat> walked in off the street and signed up and competed. Yeah, so you definitely had people who walked in off the street to compete, and then you had people who like had ring gear. Yes. Like okay, yeah. there were there were definitely <laughs> a couple of ringers, and you could tell that there were people who have done it before, which is fantastic. Like somebody came in uh, in like a whole cape. And yeah. I was like, this is yeah. awesome. That person's going to rock. Uh, a, a lot of people, I would say it's fair to say, a lot of people look like glow superstars, yes, like glamour ladies of wrestling. Very accurate, yeah. Um, the, the crowd was fantastic. I, I, I mean, there's no... The energy in the room was really funny because a female <laughs> energy in a competition yes. is far different than a yes. male energy room in that style of competition. Yeah, and we, we talked about that after the event, how you said that you really want to do a male version. And I was like, that sounds terrible to me. Yes. Because <laughs> this was like the most supportive, like, oh my God, competition, like, good, like, good feeling, good, just like wholesome. There's wholesome. no other, yeah, yes. wholesome is the word. They everybody was there for everybody else, but then hey, Amazing. just one person won. Yeah, and that's fine, <laughs> and that's fine. And everybody was really happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. And that the I have never seen free range so packed. We've been there on like their busiest days of the year, like free soup day and so, all that. And <clears throat> that back room, yeah. was packed with people. The back room was insane. There had to be. So we're talking about a space that's maybe half the size of a basketball court. For those sure. of you who haven't been there, sure. and there were probably 200, 175 people in this in this room, standing Sounds space right. only. Um, but that competition was fantastic. So that was an event that we did on Valentine's Day at Free mm -hmm. Range Brewing. And overall, um, I think that from a business perspective, Adam and I are still figuring out what crowd size, what location... Um, what event, what type of event, what type of event too is really going to be most yeah. beneficial to us as a business? Because, you know, we're not trying to get, you know, a uh, Bentley money <laughs> off of uh, <laughs> selling this ice cream, but we're definitely trying to make it at least worth our time. The, you know, the reason that we stopped doing this private dinner series that we used to do was because it took too much effort and we weren't really getting paid what we thought 
we were putting in for effort. And we don't want that situation to happen when it comes to title belt. Not because it, it's all about the money, but because we want to make it worth it because we are using our time and, yeah. and, and you know, that's a large resource, you know. Yeah, it's important. I think when we were doing the dinners, um, Chef Drew over at NC Red, he's like, well, you know, you guys are having fun. Right. At least. <clears throat> and, and, and that's what it was and, for. And, and trust me, we yeah. put fun before we put finances. Yes. But... At one point, you know, we want to be making sure that we're getting <clears throat> enough money to do the things that we want to do with the money, which is buy pay-per-views, yep. which is go to live wrestling, yep. which is buy merchandise, yep. and it not directly come out of our pockets. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, so let's talk about, you know, this event and us as a business. Like, uh, we sit up there selling ice cream. Yep. And... Um, like what worked, what didn't work, what was, the, where were the variables there? So, like the, how did it go? The, because, because, like you said, we're try, still trying to figure out like our target sort of like uh, event audience because we're a pretty quirky company. Sure, like yeah. you know, wrestling 100%. themed ice cream. We're we're kind of going beyond traditional. Like, where would ice cream normally be, or like where would a I don't know how, how many of these there are, but how, where would a traditional wrestling company go to? Uh, it, <laughs> well, where it's more like sort of like quirky sort of things. Where would that fan base go, I think? Right. So we definitely are um, going after two different types of people. We're going after people who know that we're a vegan ice cream company, right. which is a, a very niche market, yes. even in a large city. Um, you know, And then we're also going after people who get excited by seeing our backdrop, by seeing our T-shirts, which are you know stylistically based off of WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. and get into this sort of nostalgic, like, oh man, I, I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid. What, what, what are these? What are these guys <laughs> up to? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and we get that a lot from people, like, oh, I remember that looks like the logo looks just like WrestleMania. It's I mean, like, it's, I, it's perfect. I, I think I talked about it to you earlier this week but when one of our when somebody came up to us and was just like impersonating booker t yes you know because they saw the five time (laughs) the five time the five time champ you know it was it was fantastic that's the type of fun that we're looking to evoke that's the type of fun that we're looking to have these events but the issue is okay if we're one of or the only dessert like item at an event Mm -hmm. So many variables go into that from a business perspective, which is very interesting. So time of day yep. factors into it. This was a late event. This event didn't start until 8 o'clock, and it went probably until 1030, mm-hmm. which, spoiler for those of you who don't know, is like <laughs> four hours past my bedtime because I get up very <laughs> early, so that sucked. Um, <clears throat> but we're we're looking for these events that actually fit all of that. You know, are people eating dessert or you know, our ice cream is is very um, full flavored. It's very you know, um, it's a big sweet treat. Yeah. Are you having that at night? Are you having that in the middle of the day? Yeah. Previously, you know, all of the things that we have the basis off of from before the other events that we've done, they've been during the day, and they've been mm-hmm. when it was cold out so i feel like we really haven't hit like our optimal (laughs) time to even assess these things but based upon the data that we do have we've got to go off of what our best feel is so this event i think had 200 ish people that sounds about right and i think that we only ended up doing 30 transactions yep which honestly isn't terrible but it's not fantastic either yeah you've got to think adam i mean adam how much time did you spend doing production for that event um, probably a total of about five or six hours. Okay, so if yeah. Adam did five or six hours, and then both of us were there from like, eight until eleven, yeah, and that doesn't count the hour that it took you to pack your car. Yep. So what so is we're talking that? thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hours? <clears throat> right to to bring home a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean this is again we're 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 trying to find these things where it makes sense. Like I think that our ideal would be to take home a couple of hundred dollars on an event and like actually take home. That means covering ingredients and yes. covering, you know, the, the, the hassle it is to get to an event like that. So, right. you know, I mean, 
we're, we're not trying to bore you guys, but these are legitimate things that when you're a food service operation that you need to start to think about if, yeah. you're, if you're thinking about starting a company. Absolutely. I mean, we've been very lucky in that, you know, we, I think we say this all the time, but we're very lucky that people like us. Absolutely. And we've had a lot of people approach us, you know, uh, willing to support us, willing to have us out to like certain events that they're planning. And, you know, these are the conversations that Matt and I have uh, before we commit to doing them. We had one event come to us and they'll go, we'll have 150 people and it'll be great. It's only a couple hours, but that event is, you know, an hour away. Right. And, you know, it's not guaranteed sales. So of 150 people, what percent are actually going to buy our ice cream? You know, if it's about 20%, then that's, you know, it's, it's great. And like, we like supporting local business but also like we are trying to be a local business absolutely and and we run into this hard line too because i get excited about the idea of doing anything and it's hard because i need to uh, take a moment and, uh, and value my own time more than i currently do because i do like being a part of all these different things that we're you know being invited to because they yeah. it is fun being there but uh at the end of the day yeah. you know does this fun correlate to yes. merchandise sales for yeah. you know our local people or us getting a sweet pay per view or <laughs> whatever it might be? And it's a fine line because you know part of the plan is also to like be part of the community. Absolutely. So you know it, it's you know it's it's more a judgment call than it is exact math on you know a lot of these events that we do. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think was an interesting variable at the Slaw event was the fact that we could not put up. Our signage. Yeah. So the issue with the um, placement on where we were, and I mean, it's no fault to you know uh, where we were. No. Gr- gr- they're letting us come there for free. Yes. So there's no. Com- <laughs> it's, it's definitely. This isn't a complaint by no. any means. It's just a you know an interesting happenstance that we didn't have enough space to put up. We have a normal. It's a like an eight foot backdrop. It's a step and repeat banner. You know, very reminiscent of old wrestling interviews, um, and that's our. You know, it's it, it's big and people see it and yeah. they're excited by it. They want to cut promos in mm-hmm. front of it. Yeah, it's a big draw. Yeah, and we weren't able to do that at this event. And you know, originally I just be like whatever, that's fine. But I think you know, I think it affected numbers in the I end. I think it did too. And it's and definitely something we're gonna you know be more cognizant yes. of moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. Um, but yeah, so I think that pretty much covers the slaw event. Yeah, which and, and it's funny that you bring up the issue with the backdrop because yeah. that segues us very great into <laughs> uh, into Matt getting excited about doing an event but really not reading over everything. So uh, yeah. our next event coming up is going to be Muggles Market 2. And I think that we alluded to this in the last podcast. This is an all Harry Potter sort of curated event. Um, their, their tagline is think of... Um, Diagon Alley in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, which I mean, this is the thing. Okay, reasons that we think this event is going to be good for us is because these are fun, quirky people yes. that are going to want to have a good time. Yeah. That hopefully will get excited when they see our ice cream flavors. Yes. And then also, I'm hoping we get a little backlash and people are like, "What the hell is there a wrestling company doing here yeah, yeah, at we'll the Harry Potter heels. thing?" Heck yeah. yeah, heck yeah, which makes people come over and be like, "How did you guys get involved and invited?" Uh, and I'll be like, "What do you think that because I dis, you know, I uh, suspend my disbelief with wrestling that I can't suspend it with Harry Potter <laughs> as well?" What, why are you so, uh, you know, mono suspended or whatever? Yes, so. yeah, because at first glance, this is this is not. I mean, at first glance, a lot of things we do aren't smart business decisions because no. we have no idea what we're doing no we have no clue that's going to be a theme sure is. um but yeah so like why are we a wrestling company going to this muggles market and it's because mm-hmm. of what we were talking about before and we're really trying to figure out our fan base and trying to figure out where we can sell i think it i mean it kind of makes sense once you think about it uh a lot of sort of like the comic-con scene is this huge overlap between you know sci-fi, comics, hundred yeah, um, percent, you know pop culture, and part of that is wrestling. I know uh, I went to GalaxyCon last year in Raleigh, and there was a large number of wrestlers there that came out to it, and I think it's a pretty big, um, you know, demographic. Yeah, I think that it, and, there's some crossover there. And for us, the idea of doing a small con 
which this, um, you know, is probably going to be a thousand people between two days is interesting because going back to talking about the amount of people per event yeah. uh, versus sales, this is going to give us a little bit better data on if we're at a large event. This event is also during the day, and the weather here has been nice yeah, lately. Yeah, it's been pretty great. So hopefully if it's a warm day and people are in this building and the building is packed, people are getting hot, people want ice cream. Right. Boom. You want to tell them the flavors that you're going to be making, Adam? Oh, man. Yeah, we don't have all of them finalized, but we definitely came up with a couple of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, playing to the crowd that we're in. So, um, uh, we, we've, Would you call them cheap pops? Because uh, I definitely oh boy, would call cheap them pops. cheap pops. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, we need to make a... I th- well, we've talked about this before. We need to make a popsicle line. A discount <laughs> popsicle line. Just call them cheap pops. Yeah. But where we just sell the ones that like mom used to get in the summer. Yes. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, we can totally do that. But yeah, so you know, it's a Harry Potter crowd, and uh, both Matt, Matt and I are, are Harry Potter fans. So we know a little bit about it. Um, we're going to do a Mudblood flavor. It's going to be vanilla with a, like a, a red wine sauce that may have been left over from another <laughs> event that we didn't sell it all at. Oh, uh, we're resourceful. Yeah, that makes sense. But so we'll be putting that uh, in with the vanilla Mudblood. That makes sense. And then we're going to be doing it's pretty funny. Uh, fresh in the machine uh, is going to be the uh, butter beer flavor. And butterbeer, so we just did, a lot of times people ask us, like, how long did it take you to create these flavors? What's your your thought process? And and people really, it's great because they expect this culinary backdrop (laughs) where we're like, when I was a little boy in grandmother's house, I had butterscotch for the first time. Yes. And what they get is, yeah, so we were going to this convention thing. (laughs) We thought we we would make something that the fan base would like. Um, So we we put this together. So we tried butterbeer yesterday. Yeah. And... Overall, for a first round, I would say it was probably 80% of the way there. Yeah, just a few small tweaks. Uh, I didn't tell you this, but this morning I tried some out of the freezer. and It was a little on the hard side, so I added a little sugar to it. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think it was pretty decent. So it's uh, it's really fun because then from this, even if this, if this flavor particularly doesn't sell very well, we still have another methodology of producing an ice cream similar to this. Yeah. Which is cool, yeah, I think. I think so. Uh, also, side note, I think it would be fantastic with Oreos swirled into it. <laughs> Butterscotch Oreo. Oh, my God. Adam's character flaws that he wants to swirl Oreos yeah. in everything. <laughs> I mean, they're so freaking good. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, yeah. So, coming up, we've got Muggles Market 2. That's going to be March 7th and March 8th. Yeah. That is coming at you live from Hilton in the University uh, in University Place. Yep. Um, the event is going to go from 10 in the morning until 4 p.m. on both of those days. Judging by the Facebook interest, it appears as though day one, Saturday, is going to be heavy. Yeah, if you're looking to beat the crowds, come on out on a Sunday. Definitely. And, if, sure. I mean, again, this is a full family event. Yeah. This event, I believe, is free it as is long free. as you bring a canned good. Okay. Um, so, which is a, also, what a great way to just support... Uh, all of the people who are going to be there, and then to also give back to your community. I should have looked in before, but I can't remember. But there's definitely a food bank that all of that obviously is going to be going to. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, so going back to your original segue into the Muggles Market, uh-huh. what what uh, what are these issues that we've run into? Because Maddie Scoops didn't read all the details. Oh on yeah, the event. great yeah. callback. So the That's issues cool. are um, we only have a six we only have a six by six space. Yeah. So remember that issue I talked about that with we had our eight slaw? foot banner. Yeah. So that <laughs> might happen again. So I've emailed <laughs> I've emailed the people, but um, it appears as though the people who run the event are very busy. Uh, and there was a TV spot on WCCB this morning that they were getting ready for. So I haven't gotten a response back yet. But judging by where we are, I'm hoping that we can just set it up. And pl- I mean, like, I'll play the blissful, charming idiot. I don't care. Sure. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, until they listen to this podcast and realize this is all premeditated. Yeah. And then yeah, I'll, I'll go total heel on them and, and just puff put my in, chest up yeah, and be like, a table, what do you want to go through a table? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I hope I don't have to do that. I mean,. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great for the internet, but I don't know. You know, me just suplexing some kid that looks like Harry Potter through a table. It'll get us some notoriety. That's yeah. fine. Maybe yeah. it'll get us into the uh, fantasy cosplay wrestling. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, so 
So yeah, so I got really excited about doing this event because of what we spoke about earlier. Uh, you know, the size, uh, where it was, the proximity was very good. It's very close. This is probably yeah. like five or ten minutes away from Adam's house, which is great so that when we're getting together and getting ourselves together, uh, you know, it'll be easy to get to. And <clears throat> I didn't fully read everything. So definitely hoping that when we get there, we can have a little bit of leeway in the amount of space that we're taking up Yeah, because our backdrop is really important. Um, like Adam was saying, it's, it's fun to cut a promo in front of, it's fun to see it's, uh, you know, it just draws you in, which is really important to obviously getting people to the table to mm -hmm. then see that it's an ice cream company to then, you know, purchase the product. hundred percent. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, we'll what? obviously report next time on all that. One event that we know that we're going to be doing, which is also open to the public, is the PCG Symposium. Yep. So for everybody in the greater Charlotte area, the Piedmont Culinary Guild, which I think that we talked about previously, is a chef organization in town um, meant to support local food, local farmers, and so on and so forth. Mm. Adam and I are both a part of it in various different ways. And the PCG Symposium uh, is a sort of like, I guess you could think about it as a Harvard Lecture Series sort of day yes. or event. Um, if you're familiar with those. So what happens is a lot of local chefs are going to be doing different demonstrations and doing different things. There is a keynote. Uh, the keynote is Dan Kettridge, and uh, he is an organic farmer. He's been an organic farmer for over 30 years, and he is very interested in crop nutritional value and things like that. Um, so we will be doing <clears throat> ice cream dur during the, um, the lunch, like during the luncheon reception. Yeah, it'll be part of kind of the whole lunch program that they have going on there. <clears throat> Which, when we talk about being involved in the community, it's gonna be a great day. I mean, yeah. we're just gonna be giving ice cream out for all of our friends, and the the beauty with an event like that is we've been bought out. Yes. So stylistically, when we're speaking about the business, there's two ways that we could run an event. One of them would be a buyout, which means they'll purchase all of the ice cream up front, and then we just distribute, which is great because if you're a person at an event like that, it just seems like you're getting free ice cream. And then obviously there is the, you know, pay for events. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the buyout events are nice because we know before we go what we're dealing with. Yeah. And there's no guesswork, so that's nice. Um, yeah, that is uh, an event that you need to buy tickets for. Tickets are going out fast, so if it's something you're interested in, please buy them now. Um, but we will be there, and we'll be at Muggles Market. Those are our upcoming events. Uh, let's talk a little bit. We have a lot of wrestling talk mm -hmm. to get to because things have been going down. <coughs> but let's talk a little bit about hurdles that we've been dealing with absolutely in the past month or so with uh, actual title belt and uh forming it and i think last time our plan was we were going to get a home kitchen my home kitchen inspected uh through the department of agriculture that's a process i'm pretty familiar with that's how i started uh duke's bread um originally out of my home and then moved on, you know, once we grew into a dedicated facility. So that was the plan that we were going to take. And that has gone absolutely smoothly. Yeah, psych. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was our plan. And we were, <laughs> we were absolutely uh, going to go along with that. I just decided one day randomly, I don't know why I did it. I just decided, like, let me just double check all these rules. You were perusing eBay. Yes, because we were getting very close to pulling the trigger on buying an actual machine. Yeah. And for some, I don't know why, but I was like, let me let me just go back to the Department of Ag. And I saw a section on there that said that while, you know, we would fall under their jurisdiction as far as, inspec mm -hmm. as, far as inspections and all that, because our product needs refrigeration, we cannot have a home-based kitchen. Yep. So Adam and I could basically, as he's alluded to, start a bread company out of our home kitchen. Because yes, you don't need to refrigerate bread. We could start a cupcake company, a don't cake to, company, yep. a donut company, so on and so forth. Um, these are all things that fall under what they classify as, I believe, fun food um, or um, non um Basically, foods that don't have a high probability of producing a foodborne illness. Yeah, it's a low-risk item. Thank you. Because risk. you don't need refrigeration or anything like that. Right. It's the collar and elbow tie-up of food. Yeah. <laughs> Very low risk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we that was that was kind of a rough day for us. We were pretty... Yeah, that was yeah. like one of the days where we were like sick. 
Yeah. Are we gonna, are we gonna fucking now do this what? still yeah. or what? <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, because um, that brings up things like you know, then we need to find a space for it. Yeah. Then we need that's gonna cost money, and that wasn't in our original budget. No. So the original idea was to build this slowly and organically out of what would have been Adam's home with obviously all the proper freezers. We were going to get yeah. inspected, and we were gonna build this to a point where we could then have the customer engagement to afford rent in a facility yes and potentially at that point bringing somebody else on to do production that wouldn't be me or adam correct and now we are finding ourselves kind of throwing that original budget timeline out the window uh because now you know if we're going to pull the trigger on this we need to find um a space uh separate from my house Mm -hmm. in order to do production um, you know, we are still looking into it a little bit. We're trying to get the exact definition of what a home-based kitchen is. Right. Because there's some non-clarity on, on that exactly. Uh, but it is kind of putting us at a standstill yep. for, you know, where we hoped we would have been by now. By now, we, I, I, I would have hoped we would have had the machine. We'd be testing it out. Yeah. And we'd be getting ready to go. Um, getting ready to be inspected. Right. Um, so now we're kind of revisiting all of that, which is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, and if anybody is wondering, well, do they have more depressing information and news to share? We do, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, buck, buckle up. Um, I, mean, one, I mean, I, th- I don't know if this is... I mean... This is so stupid. It, is, is what? This, how are you about to say you don't think that this, this is so stupid? As depressing. As depressing as the fact that we might not even be able to make ice cream. Sure, the other but thing. The issue is because we did get in touch with someone from the Department of Agriculture. Who was fantastic. Who was a delight, uh, a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to work with them further um legitimately uh but uh this person informed us that we would need to get uh from the usda a dairy license or a dairy inspection because we were going to use dairy because we make ice cream to which i smugly replied well <laughs> as a matter of fact oh i can just picture your yeah. face you're so fucking proud looking too and you're like man there's no dairy <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I, I feel like I'm turning into a vegan. Like, uh, oh my gosh, that's smugness. I'm, <laughs> I'm so mad. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, "Well, we're actually going to be a vegan ice cream company, so there'll be no dairy." To which she replied, "Oh, well, in that case, I'm not even sure if you can call yourselves ice cream." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for for everybody that doesn't really understand that, basically, dairy lobbyists yeah. are really trying to hold fast in the plant-based alternative movement right? because a lot of people have a lot of money tied up in dairy. Yes. And we, in this ice cream and wrestling podcast, sure as hell are not about to talk about that. <laughs> but <clears throat> it is a thing that's happening. So when you see different plant-based milks, you'll see them as um, alternatives, and they'll usually have some sort of like cutesy name. Right. Um, but the, the permission to use words like milk, yogurt, or ice cream mm-hmm. is something that's currently being debated within that entire, um, field. So, so right now when you go to Harris Teeter and you buy almond milk, mm-hmm. you know, in a couple of years, it will no longer be almond milk. It'll be almond beverage or almond, right. you know, whatever. Yes. But the, the best part is that they call... Most vegan ice creams, they call them like non-dairy frozen desserts, yes. NF, <laughs> whatever, uh, NDFDs. So, yeah. so Adam, and I'm going to let him tell it, Adam had a fantastic idea for how we can not have to change anything. Yeah, um, it, won't, it won't work. It absolutely won't work. <laughs> no, but, but it's really funny, so please tell them. Oh, so, yeah, so this is it. We're Because we have our logo made and everything, and it looks fantastic, and I hate to change it. Like, I hate to just call ourselves title belt, you know, hard stop, because that... It's too much that doesn't convey what we are. No, we don't want to call ourselves title belt, uh, non dairy frozen, frozen desserts <laughs> alternative. <laughs> what was it? Uh, NF, uh, yeah, NF, NDFD, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's not catchy, dumb. So, we're just gonna we're gonna change our name and it's gonna be title belt ice cream. Cream, we're just gonna add a question mark. We're just gonna put a question mark at the end. 
<laughs> we're um, we don't have to change anything. There's not a lot that I'm 100% on in life, but I'm 100% <laughs> that we won't be allowed to do that, unfortunately. Yeah, sad news. Um, so, uh, so if you're wondering about starting a business, <laughs> a don't, uh, a don't and yeah. B definitely do you due diligence. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, it is what it is. These are the hiccups that we're running into and we yeah. want to be transparent so that for, uh, all of you listening and you're wondering, you know, why aren't they in places? Why aren't they selling to, you know, restaurants around town? Why are we only able to see them at these different various pop-ups? We want you to know that we are actively trying to, pursue everything as legal as possible so that we can do these things you know we we want to be at these places we want to sell to you know the the small mom and pop shops around town Mm -hmm. and and different restaurants that we have friendships with so the good news is once we figure out all this kind of like legal jumble uh we're we're pretty much in the clear there's not much that can you know get in our way at that point once we have it all figured out no so i mean once we get going we'll be going feasibly until we bring staff on this is the largest thing that we have to overcome as a business yeah absolutely 100 percent uh cool all right so that is what we've been working on um at this point i think we should transition over let's do it to the wrestling segment of the show and we're going to do that with a little segment that we like to call Scoops in 60 Seconds. So we've been talking about how <laughs> it would be great to intro uh, the wrestling portion of our podcast by using, you know, uh, sick music, you know, like yeah. Kurt Angle's music, you know, like, yeah. you suck, you <laughs> so, you know, or, like, or, or something where, like, it's just a glass breaking from Stone Cold Steve Austin, but we're really worried about copyright infringement yeah so yeah. for now sure we just did it. That's <clears throat> we're just <laughs> we're just gonna make the glass noise and go Bush. <laughs> 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 this is the most budget podcast anybody has ever listened to <laughs> yeah yeah we're doing that so <laughs> there's the that's transition one hard transition <laughs> baby let's go all right so what we're gonna do is we are gonna give maddie scoops so uh matt's alter ego matt's uh wrestling alter ego is maddie scoops and uh, we're going to give Maddie Scoops a random topic, and we're going to have him cut a promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have picked a random person, uh-huh. and we are going to flip a coin. And if it's heads, he's going to be the face, and if it's tails, then uh, he's going to be the heel. So uh, we're going to picking random right now. Heads or tails? Okay, so that means I'm face, baby. You're going to be a face. And so I'm the good guy. So you're going the good against. guy, and you're going against Adam Sandler. Oh my God, that's okay. fantastic! All right, and uh, just to give Matt a little bit of time so he can prepare just a little bit, I'm just going to quickly recap uh, those spots that we're going to be next. So remember, next weekend—that's March 7th and 8th, 10 to 4 p.m.—we'll be at Muggles Market Two. That's in the Hilton University Place. Um, that is a free event. Please bring out uh, a can of non-perishable food to donate so you can get into that event. And then also, uh, March 15th, the following weekend, we will be at the uh, Piedmont Culinary Guild Symposium going on at Johnson & Wales University. It's an amazing event, one of the best days of the year. And uh, for information on that, uh, just go to Piedmont Culinary Guild's Facebook page, and they are plastering that all over the place. Um, all right, so Mandy Scoops, I see you're still writing, but no, we get good. we gotta go. We gotta go. All right, so so this I'm is gonna, it. Yep, I'm gonna go ahead and start a timer. You have 60 seconds cutting a promo as a babyface against Adam Sandler. Are you ready? I think so. I think I'm gonna do okay on this one. All right. I hope this is my redemption. Do it up. Go ahead. For those of you that don't know, Maddie Scoops and Adam Sandler actually hail from the same part, the same small town of New Hampshire, and that's Manchester. And now listen here, Adam, your name, your name might be a little bit larger than mine right now, but that's okay because I'm at the beginning of my career. I'm not that I'm not at the end of it like you are. <laughs> listen here, I'm just starting up and I'm coming for you big. It took you eight crazy nights to show one bad <laughs> movie and it's only going to take me 10 minutes in the ring to make myself look oh like a star oh my god <laughs> i feel like i should end i feel like that's great i okay. don't know i don't know i mean that's 38 seconds in 38 seconds adam we both know that you like wrestling remember when you wanted to be the water boy for andre the giant well after i kick your ass in that ring all you're going to be able to do is get me an ice is get me a ice cold water because you're going to be relegated down to taking care of the ring you're going to be relegated down to <laughs> taking care of wrapping everything up at the end of it 
And you're going to be a service boy at the end when I am done with you. So Manchester, listen here. I'm coming for you, Adam, and I'm coming strong. All right. Magic Scoops calling out Adam Sandler. Scoops and 60, baby. Scoops and 60. Redemption, Fantastic. hopefully. I think that was great. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't want to waste any time because things have been going down. Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to start with AEW. Let's I do believe. it. Uh, yeah, 100%. Oh, man. AEW. Let's just talk about how AEW has just started to hit, really hit its stride. Uh, for, uh, well, let, let's say this. So we planned this podcast for today because last night was AEW's uh, big pay-per-view revolution. And we knew that we would kind of want to talk fresh off of that. Um, so that happened last night. But the lead-up to Revolution, the past few weeks, the <coughs> weekly Dynamite shows have just been fantastic. Yeah, they've been really figuring out, I think that, <laughs> it's funny because thinking about them from a new business perspective, <clears throat> even though everybody involved within this organization are true professionals, it's still interesting to figure out your your feeding and figuring out your, your footing, I'm sorry, and figuring out really the way in which you want to showcase who you are as a company. Sure. And like you're saying, within the past, really since the beginning of the year, they have found the way, they've found their formula, they've found the skeleton that they fill out every week, week by week, to make these events, you know, build upon one another to increase stories and to really showcase the talent that the yeah. wrestlers have. Yeah, a critique that fans have had kind of in the beginning has been, you know, the storylines are weak, you know, this is, we, like, you know, it's not going the way we want it. And they have forever been just saying, like, give us a little time. We've been doing this for, like, two months. Can you give it a yeah, minute? <laughs> exactly. It's not, like, something that, like, comes out of, and like, for, like, uh, uh, it's not an easy bake exactly. situation. Yeah. You know, it's not instant. Um, and it's starting to get to the point where it's paying off. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, the last few dynamites have been insane. They've been some of the biggest te- like the the television programs, like the weekly you know free cable television programs, have been like to me have felt like on the level of pay per views. Yeah, some of the events. And to me, you know, it really highlights the ability <clears throat> to wait for a large event. So AEW is only doing what seems to be four pay per views a year. And you have to think that these people are coming off of schedules where they might have been working, you know, over 150 days a year. Right. And, and, and you know, for, for those aren't super into it, uh, traditionally you have a pay-per-view once a month. Exactly. So this is, you know, a, a, a quarter of that amount. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a big contrast, a you know, between how other people, other uh, larger businesses end up doing their thing, and, and, right. and when we say that, larger businesses, we mean we really mean WWE. WWE. Yeah, Ooh, and and when you're saying they get overworked, it's there. They have the Monday Night Raw shows. There's there's like there's the Thursday Night SmackDown. There's the there's NXT, next. There's two hundred five live. There's Evolve events. There's you know the, the. I think there's only one or two nights a week where there isn't something going on. Yeah. really with WWE, where in in uh, AEW, there's the one weekly show on Wednesdays. Once every three months, there's a pay per view, right? And then the wrestlers have the rest of the time basically to themselves, right? You know, well, most and, of, and, most and, of them choose to go out sure. and do independent shows. They're free to do that, um, but they're able to kind of really make their own schedule. Exactly, and because of that, what happens is you can have larger things. You can have I don't want to use the word dangerous because it's incorrect, but you can have matches that have more intensity. Yes, and you can have matches that seem to be um, larger, more more grandiose because of that. And all, I mean, oh my God, we saw a cage match. That was crazy. That was fantastic. We There's saw the 20-man tag match. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was obscene. It was yeah. insane. And that opened the show. Right. And uh, there was the Iron Man match last yep. week, uh, which is a 30-minute match. And then you get points for every tag or submission. And it lasts the full 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. Um, AEW, a thing that they have been doing, because like you said, they can kind of afford to have these more grandiose like yeah. weekly shows. They've actually almost been branding certain, like uh, whenever they go to a, like an exceptionally like large city or like have like a certain event, mm-hmm. um, like they, they were most recently in Atlanta, which was um, their kind of hometown. They put on almost these pay-per-view level 
events, like these pay-per-view level billings. They won't even call it dynamite. Uh, like earlier this year, they were in Miami, and they had, um, this is an old WCW pay-per-view, which they got the rights to, but it was just the plain weekly show, but they called it Bash at the Beach. Right, and then they had the one where they were on the boat for Chris Jericho's, you know, Rocking right. Rager at Sea. So they're really trying to make it so that you want to tune in weekly uh, by having these high-quality, different um, you know, you're not tuning into the same show to watch the same run through, which has been great. And and I mean, honestly, for me, one of the craziest things that happened this whole entire month since we last spoke mm-hmm. um, was there was a certain um, spot in a in a match. There was a certain high spot where um, one of the wrestlers was outside of the ring on a table. Uh, Kenny Omega was outside of the ring on a table, and Pac did a shooting star press. And uh, he did it from the turnbuckle to the outside. And for those of you who don't know what a shooting star press is, A, Google it. But B, (laughs) it is a standing forward, so facing forward backflip. So like a typical backflip, you would jump in the air and propel yourself backwards and then flip backwards. But with a shooting star press, you jump forward so that your body is moving forward before you do a backflip in midair. And <clears throat> honestly, it's just it's just such an athletic feat. It's it's really crazy. Yeah. And he nailed it. And I mean, he went through the table with so much force. It was just insane to me. There's been so many table spots in the past month. Yeah. You know, last night. Tables are coming in strong yeah, in 2020. T- yeah, yeah, invest in tables. Buy tables yeah. right now. Invest in Office Depot, where <laughs> I think is the only place you can still get one of those tables that they break. Probably. Uh Let's talk a little bit about is is uh, well first of all is that your spot of the month? That's my right? spot of the month. Yeah. So month? what what is okay. yours, Adam? Okay. Yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll go into a revolution recap a little bit. Sure. From last night, uh, my spot of the month was from a couple weeks ago when they were in their Atlanta show. They had a, a huge billing for that was the show they started off the, with the twenty man tag match, yep. and that was an amazing way to start yeah. that show. Um, and then they finished the show with their first ever cage match. Um, which was between uh, Cody, who is the uh, executive vice president mm-hmm. of the company, and uh, Wardlow, who's kind of the underling of uh, MJF, who was uh, Cody's opponent at Revo- uh, Revolution last night. And not only is Atlanta the hometown to TNT, which is the company, right. which is the the television Turner Media, right? Turner Media, which airs <laughs> AEW, it is actually Cody's hometown. Um, so, and that, and that's a big thing in wrestling is when you're in your hometown, you come out big yeah. and you do something. Um, that's a, that's a very common thing to have. Yeah. It's home, it's home field advantage. Absolutely. Uh, so first ever steel cage match in AEW. How, how tall is this cage? I, it, they made it's, it look massive. It looked taller than like, I, I'm not going to say any cage I've ever seen, but most cages it, I, like, I would say 18 feet. Probably. I would say 18 to 20 feet. Yes, that's probably about right. Um, about 20 feet up. Um, and this is a thing that's been done before. Yeah, b- but, it's been done a bunch. But I, it, just something about it really resonated, I think, with the fan base and with not not just the AEW fan base, but the wrestling community in general. But um, basically, at the end of the match, um, Cody climbs the cage and does the moonsault. Moonsault? Moonsault. The moonsault. Yeah, yeah, which is a backflip. Yeah, which is a backflip. Just a backflip, uh, you know, 20, 20 feet <laughs> yeah. off the top of the cage. What jerks. Yeah. It's just a backflip. <laughs> uh, hits Wardlow, pins him, and, and wins the match. The momentum from Cody coming off the cage and hitting the ground, there was like just this distinct thud yeah. that even translated through television. Absolutely. I can't imagine how loud that spot sounded in real life. Oh, my gosh. And and just the energy of it all. The, the one beautiful thing about the spot that Adam is talking about is Cody doesn't even look behind him. Oh, yeah. He gets to the right. top. And he just commits, and it was abs. It was just beautiful, you know. There's nothing else to say. It was it was beautiful. I probably watched that replay about twenty <laughs> times, like seriously. Easily, there was a GIF online. I just sat there for yeah, like, like five minutes. Watching I'll hang it. out and do this for a minute. Yeah, uh, and just like everything with it, like yeah, the no look. I forgot about that. The no look is amazing. It's just so badass. Yeah. Um, There's nothing else to say. Like it's the just trust badass. he has to have in Wardlow, and and it's interesting. Wardlow is coming. Is is on the ring mat, like laying down as Cody is climbing this cage. And then he kind of gets up and wobbles around and you can see the coordination of the referee kind of like pulling Wardlow into place. Like you need to be here right now, right now. Um, 
and it's just such a feat. And, and the way, and and the, and the way that thing. we are talking about it, if you were casually just viewing this, you wouldn't be noticing these little things. Right. But it, it, it is absolutely, it's really amazing to see the way that everybody made sure that this very dangerous thing was going to be done as safely as possible. Yeah. Uh, and, and within that, it still looked devastating. And he ended up, he, he fractured his toe. Yeah, his toenail fell off. It was toenail, nasty. His toenail did fall off. That's true. <laughs> uh, thanks, social media. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely my my spot of the month. That was like fantastic, just leading in everything else. Um, and I mean, I definitely, I know that we want to touch quickly on Revolution and we were talking about it earlier. The the beauty about, like we we're saying, these pay-per-views um, being only quarterly is that they have so much time to really develop a character and really develop a story so that you're really involved and, and you, you get behind somebody that you want to see either win or you want to see lose. And that definitely paid off, you know, I would say, in bounds on, on Revolution's pay-per-view last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say with, in my opinion, I, I think you actually said this and I completely agree with it, but in regards to Cody's match against MGF last night, I think that steel cage match did kind of almost outshine the actual event from last night. Um, you know, it was a, a fine conclusion. I, I don't think it's a conclusion. I think, like, they're going to continue this feud. Absolutely. Um, but I think that really stole the show. I think it did, too. I think that it stole momentum uh, between, you know, MJF and Cody, and it took a little bit of um, heat away from the actual storyline that they had. And and one of the issues too is I don't think MJF is fantastic at wrestling. No, but not I and, and, in the ring. and the thing is we just think that because MJF stylistically is a mat wrestler. Yeah. And this was a match that we had envisioned being very brutal because mm-hmm. of the storyline that had been built up, and it didn't pay off. And 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 we don't want something to be brutal. We don't want people to be getting hurt. But when you have all of this sort of pent-up aggression that's built over two to three months, you expect there to be some sort of explosion that occurred. Yeah, this massive betrayal on a personal level mm-hmm. and you know, going through months of humiliation and all these hoops to jump through. Like, you'd think there would be this insane, massive match. And it wasn't, really. Which is interesting to me because as we think about this continuing and as we think about other pay-per-views coming up, it will be interesting to me to see if they say... Uh, hey, 13 weeks to build a story was too long. Yes. Because it creates too much tension. Because the the, the the two people in the match, Cody and MJF, both did their jobs insanely well. Yeah. Cody is loved by everybody. He is super popular. And MJF is legitimately hated. And to have two of these people who are going to be able to do uh, evoke those emotions so properly, mm-hmm. uh, build that up for 13 weeks. Yeah, everybody was like, I want to see Cody bloody yes. this kid up, I want to yes. see him get his ass whooped. And although you know, at certain points in the match, that did happen, but and and I don't want to say that it was anticlimactic because it wasn't. I mean, there was still some finality to it, but I think that. It's going to be interesting to see the way that they progress with it, uh, and I'm very curious for Wednesday night. So in, in that regard, they've got me hooked still. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and it's interesting because this feud in particular, the Cody-MJF, this, I think that was the only match that they really hyped up for the past 13 weeks going into Revolution. And if they do decide to do it at the next pay-per-view, Double, double or, or Nothing, nothing then yeah. that's going to be another 13 weeks of um, you know building that up. I think most of the other matches, they kind of you know let some things play out for a few weeks and then kind of solidified that those those final revolution matches. So because another thing is like 13 weeks is a long time to just commit to one feud sure. going on. I mean with episodic television you have to think that's 26 hours worth of television where this yeah. feud could potentially be talked about plus everything else that they're doing online. So yeah. and it's another a thing, lot of time. Another thing is is like if someone has a belt and they solidify, they like set the match, like, oh, in 13 weeks, I'll see you at Revolution. You know that person's not losing the belt. Right. So it's kind of like a little bit of a giveaway. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to give up kayfabe or anything. But. No. But, but I mean, there are things that happen within it which are very interesting, you know, to see the way that they're going to progress with. So we're definitely looking forward to that. But I Absolutely. mean, overall, I mean, there was a, there was probably the best tag team, one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my Absolutely. life. Yeah. People are saying that this is one of, if not the greatest tag team match that they, that, that has happened. It, it was amazing. The storytelling in the match was, oh my God, was fantastic. And I think if, you know, if someone doesn't understand how you can tell a story in a ring, um, in a wrestling ring, 
uh, this match was an amazing show of that. Just everything that so we're talking about the the tag team championship between uh kenny omega and adam page Mm -hmm. and the young bucks yep and this so basically all of these people are um in this group called the elite and there's sort of this crazy storyline happening between them there's this there's this crazy storyline happening between them where one of them is becoming sort of an alcoholic um and he's sort of trying to get himself away from the group um and then basically he is uh teaming with kenny omega so hangman adam page and kenny omega are teaming up and they're going against their friends the young bucks and they've built this in a way where you know hangman adam page is becoming sort of reckless he wants to get out of the group he isn't really um you know, following with with the things that the group are holding themselves to, and basically there's this degradation of him in in his character flaws are coming out. But they end up winning the tag team championships. Um, Kenny Omega and, and um, Hangman Adam Page do against SCU, and then it gets into this whole other dynamic, this whole other layer where the Young Bucks want to have the championship because they're supposed to be the best team in the whole entire organization, yeah. um, and now they have to fight their friends for it. And you know, one of the one of their friends is sort of on the fritz. He's he's falling out. So there's all this in ring tension between, you know. Is Kenny Omega going to uh, stay with the Bucks? Is he still going to want to be a part of the Elite? Is he going to stick with his tag team partner who he's got championship gold with? And I mean, the just the layers of story within this are so immense, so deep to try to talk about. And the in-ring work, oh Fantastic. my God. It was a 30-minute long match, and it flew. And it flew. Yeah. Like, there was no downtime to no, it. Like none they, it whatsoever. Was was, the tension was amazing. Um, that was that was the match of the show, I think. Easily. By far. Um, uh, Sammy Guevara had an amazing match against Darby Allen. Oh, my gosh. Like, two young kids. <laughs> Firecrackers. Like, amazing. <laughs> so much energy. The What was it, the 630? Yeah, so Sammy Guevara did a double front flip and landed on his back from the turnbuckle to the outside to Darby Allen, and on Darby Allen was on a table. Uh, and it was just crazy. It was it was very beautiful. Uh, he did it to perfection, and the, the the way that he hit just looked brutal. Yeah. It was that, that, that I loved that match. Um, we literally watched it before we came yes, here. We did, yeah, to get hyped up for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had watched it again earlier. So <laughs> uh, the... The match with Orange Cassidy against Pac, which I didn't know what to expect going into it. It's kind of like a little bit of a joke match. Orange Cassidy's kind of like a joke wrestler, yeah. but he's over as heck yep. right now. It sounds um, like, I mean, it sounds like every time Orange Cassidy does anything, it sounds like Hulk Hogan just hit the yes, suplex, yeah. you know, or hit a power slam on Andre Absolutely. the Giant. It's crazy. It's amazing how over he is. And, he, and this was his first singles match in AEW. Um, so no one and, and Pac is like this brutal like yes. beast and people are almost a little bit upset when it got announced because like why are they having like what are they going to do are they going to make Orange Cassidy look bad are they going to make Pac look bad how mm-hmm. are they going to have Orange Cassidy this joke beat Pac uh, I think they did it really well I do too. it was a very entertaining match um, no one really came out looking bad um, and that was amazing the title match was fine um, title I, match was fine there was finality and yes. and I feel a little bad because like Mariah on the way home I was telling her that I feel like I had a little bit of insider information oh I figured <clears> you and, probably did because like all leading up to it you were like there was no way well there's no way that Jericho was here's, gonna lose here's the issue here's what happened Jericho also is a part of the band Fozzie and right. this week when I was listening to Chris Jericho's podcast he was announcing the VIP experience for Fozzie's tour coming up mm. And I think the tour starts before the next pay-per-view. Mm. So that swayed my opinion mm. a little bit because it made me think that they're not going to want their belt to be on somebody who's got all of these other prior engagements. Right. And also, you need a strike when the when the you know when the iron is hot. Yeah. And John Moxley is a completely over character Very right now. Hot. And you know it, it's his time. He has never won a major our major uh, singles title in his career. So this is the first time that he's been the heavyweight champion, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. But it was a, it was a great show. Revolution overall. was great. Great show overall. Can't we did wait we, for we did like a fake hot ones challenge. Adam <laughs> ate pizza. We had ice cream. I think one of the biggest things 
when you know you hear us talk, one of the things that we wanted to touch on is how it's really nice to have these events throughout the week and then yeah. you know quarterly where we, we ourselves make them a little bit larger, sort yes. of like a pay-per-view evening of hanging yeah. out. Yeah, we made a whole day event. We made a whole day event. We played board games. We Every single person there brought food or made an item. And it's nice to have something weekly where you get together with somebody, where you actually see your friends in real life. And wrestling in it 2020 yeah. has done it for us, and it's been awesome. So, you know, even if wrestling isn't your thing, I think that it's really important to find a way where you can, you know, immerse yourself with it not being the real world you know yeah. i think that it's important to get together with people and definitely talk about things and and, and be real but it is fun to sort of have escape. this thing yeah this escapist sort of thing that you immerse yourself into and for us it's definitely been wrestling yeah. for the past. And to be able to do yeah. that with a friend or with other people with a group is is invaluable yeah absolutely yeah. for sure so i mean we had we had a blast <clears throat> and there's a few other things that we want to talk about. Uh, we we saw a pretty awesome PWX show, and we drove. Oh, my gosh. Did we drive? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the furthest show they've ever had? I, I don't know that. I don't one, think so, because they, the Winston-Salem would have been just as far. Uh, Pretty close. Pretty close. So this was in Rockingham, North Carolina for PWX, and this was the road to Rise of the Champion. So this next month in March, they are going to have Rise of the Champion, which is basically like their WrestleMania. Yeah, it's, it's like their, their big, big event. Show. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of like really the lead-in to this big show. Um, and uh, yeah, we drove. We drove hour half there, hour and a half back. Yep. Um, little armory there in Rockingham, <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting trip. It was it was crazy going there and and seeing the crowd. It's always interesting seeing the different crowd at all these different events. Um, like you know, being on a rooftop in the middle of uptown yes, Charlotte versus being in an different armory, people. Yes, in Rockingham, North Carolina. What was interesting to us too is I think that we were talking previously about how the owner of PWX is kind of remembering us now. And, yes. you know, he's been very friendly with us. He was telling us about how he marketed for this event, like in paper, like yes. people in this small town still read yes, the paper. The so that was paper. a modality in which he still wanted to put marketing budget behind. Yeah. Um, and he said that, you know, there is one big restaurant in the town. So he wanted <laughs> to make sure that there was a flyer there. And it's really funny because, you know, obviously, we we saw it on social media, but you you have to understand that, uh, you know when you when you are a small business like this, you're gonna go through all of these different sort of uh, phases and modalities on how how to bring people in to come to your event. So sure. it was really funny to hear him be like, "I took an ad out in the paper and it did yeah. really well." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. In the radio and uh, it's it, it, it's real another like really kind of interesting facet of the local wrestling PWX has been. You know when we do get to talk with Brian, and I mean he's a, he's a small business person just like us. You know he's trying to figure it out and make it work, and you know he has a little bit more time behind his business than we do. But it's just you the pair like you can you can connect those dots. You can like see the parallels between yeah. like you know any small business and what he's doing and what we're doing. Um, it's been very it's been really interesting. And at that at that event, uh, yeah, he uh. Yep. He came in during one of the matches because one of the heel characters was being like pompous and and was kind of being a little bit uh, outrageous. And he hit one of like he had like a textbook Stone Cold Stunner. It looked so good. It looked great. I think it was the best like non wrestler move I've seen in the ring because usually if a non wrestler um, comes into the uh, ring and does a move like you can tell it's like sloppy. Right. His looked perfect. He looked like he's been practicing. Yeah. That's my spot of the month for PWX. 100%. I do want to bring it up really quick, too. Speaking of the owners, um, Patrick is the other co-owner mm -hmm. of PWX, and I apologize because I can't remember his uh, last name at the moment, but Patrick took a mean oh, chair shot yeah, at the end of the night from Corey Hollis. Yes, he did. Um, and, and, and again, what we really enjoy about these PWX shows is the energy in the room. The crowd work is usually absolutely, um, you know, on point. Yeah. We, we get to see great uh, professional status, you know, wrestling, but in, in our local town. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's great. Um, there was an awesome handicap match between one of these new tag teams that they're trying to bring in called the Heat Seekers. And it was actually um, my favorite guy, Tracer X. Looked like an absolute stud <laughs> against the two of them, but ended up losing at the end because obviously they need to make this bad, uh, you know, this new bad tag team yeah. seem bad. Yeah. But, but it was a it was a great night, and we're really looking forward to 
Rise of a Champion, which is going to be happening on March 21st. Yeah, March 21st. Uh, that's going to happen right after uh, Matthew Martin oh, man. competes in a powerlifting meet. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Oh, my gosh. So he's going to do that. He's going to lift like a collective, what, like like 1,200 pounds? Probably more? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's going to... Yep, so for those of you that know me, uh, we've got a powerlifting meet on March 21st. Uh, it is the, <laughs> I should start talking about the powerlifting meets like they were wrestling. It's Battle at the Border, <laughs> which is the actual name of it. It's a USAPL event, and I'm going to be competing for the gold medal in a 93 kg weight class, even though I'm going to probably place in the bottom tier because people in North Carolina are corn-fed and strong. <laughs> so it's going to be a crazy event. But uh, uh, what, uh, when you look at events like this, like powerlifting, it's really an event where you base how well you've done based on your previous self. And you don't, you don't sort of... Um, you don't really compete with others, even though everybody right. is there to win. You're competing against yourself. Thank you. And I am going to be doing fantastic at this event. And I'm sure that we'll recap that at the next, um, you know, at the next time that we do one of these podcasts. But I'm really hoping to squat in the 460 range, Jeez. to bench in the uh, high twos, somewhere in the, you know, 280 to 290 range. And then I really hope to. Uh, deadlift somewhere over 500 pounds Jeez. where that will end i'm not sure oh boy well stay tuned for that there'll be a special section in the next bum, episode bum, bum. <laughs> but after he does all that we will be going uh to uh rise of the champion uh, in the <sighs> uh, gastonia national guard armory what do they give injured horses <laughs> I, I think they shoot them in the head uh, and they send them to the glue factory. I'm going to want you to <laughs> do that. I'm going to turn, make Maddie Scoops glue. That's what we're going to do. Call Elmer's. I'm going to die that day. I, just I can't believe we're going to a whole wrestling yeah. pay-per-view yeah, right after. after a powerlifting event. It's going to be, be crazy. Fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. Uh, if you want to come to the, if you want to come to that, uh, March 21st, um, check out PWX on, on Facebook. They have all the information up for that show. Um, just a recap on where we'll be. We're going to be at Muggles Market, March 7th and 8th, 10 to 4 um, p.m., well, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's going to be at the Hilton uh, University Place Hotel. Uh, we're also going to be at the Piedmont Culinary Symposium, March 15th. Um, check out Piedmont Culinary Guild on Facebook for information on that. Uh, I think that's probably going to wrap up everything we have to talk about <laughs> today. That was kind of a nice dense episode we just threw all that information out there yeah we were talking about potentially maybe doing more than just once a month and maybe that'll be something that we talk about after this but that's definitely i would say that's definitely everything that we've got coming up there's going to be a small veg fest in april yeah um that uh event date is april 9th and and that's really uh speaking previously about where our crowd is yes. when we're at events within the vegan community we're definitely we definitely do great so yes. i'm very excited for it to be a warm i hope it's a hot april day oh my God. i hope the lemonade <laughs> is cold and the ice cream sales are big baby yeah we'll talk a lot about that on our next episode we'll definitely have an episode before then um mm. but yeah i think that that should do it for this episode title belt developmental um so adam duke signing out maddie scoops goodbye and uh, as always remember support your local farmer support your local wrestler and maybe most importantly for us support your local ice cream company thanks yeah. everyone for listening buy our stuff we'll see you next time <laughs> bye <laughs>